You're listening to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, episode number seven. And today we are looking at the topic of insomnia and how to have a great night sleep. So let's dive in. Well, women, it's time for a new perspective on women's health. A time to understand that your greatest wealth is your health. A time to make self-care your number one priority. A time to recognize that good health is the only way to live your best life and do all that you can in this world. So join me on this journey where we'll explore women's health topics from a medical provider's viewpoint. Have conversations about everyday healthy lifestyle options and enjoy interviews with other well women we can all learn from. It's time to demystify women's health and learn practical ways to apply self-care to every part of our lives. This is the Well Woman Lifestyle Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Broad, certified women's and adult nurse practitioner, daughter, wife, mother, and all-out women's health enthusiast. So you ready to start the journey? Let's go. Okay, ladies, so today we are going to be continuing on with our discussion of the four basic pillars to health. Last week, we covered the first two, which were nutrition, whole food nutrition, and exercise. And today we're going to be talking about how to get a better night's sleep. We're also going to be talking mostly about insomnia and how to help correct some of those insomnia patterns so that we can get back to sleep. I see so many ladies, and it really doesn't matter anymore how old you are. I have women come in in their 20s, 30s, 40s, all the way up until their 60s, complaining to me that they can't sleep anymore. So that's what we're going to talk about. So we're going to first start off by talking about um, sleep patterns, and then we're going to move into um, understanding some causes of insomnia. Then we're going to move into some natural solutions, and then I'm going to wrap up by giving you six tips that you can um, write down or you can go to the um, our website, go to our um, show notes page and you can kind of see them and jot them down of how to get into a healthy sleep pattern. All right, so let's get started with understanding sleep patterns. Many times, ladies, you know that you can't sleep because you're worrying about a problem or some something of that sort. But then there are those times that you just can't fathom out why you're not sleeping. You might be feeling sleepy and tired, but when it comes time to going to bed and actually putting your head on that pillow and closing your eyes and go to sleep, sleep just doesn't come. You know, you see that commercial with the sheep, the Serta sheep, they're so cute, but a lot of times even counting sheep doesn't even help. You toss and turn in bed all night and you just start worrying if this is normal. When you do finally fall asleep, you're rudely awakened by that darn alarm clock only have gotten a couple of hours of sleep at the most, and you're tired and cranky. So let's talk about insomnia. Insomnia is the inability to fall asleep, stay asleep, and waking up way too early. While we're sleeping, our brains are active, and sometimes this overactivity can be a cause of insomnia. So understanding how your sleep pattern works is the beginning to discovering how to effectively deal with your insomnia and getting you back to sleep. There are five phases of sleep. The first phase is a very light sleep and you will be easily wakened up or distracted during this phase. Your eye and muscle movements during this stage are very slow. When you enter into stage two, your eye movements stop and your brain waves become slower. 
you experience what is referred to as sleep spindles, which are bursts of rapid waves. During stage three, which is called delta waves, they appear in your brain. These are very slow brain waves mixed with smaller, faster brain waves. By the time you're in stage four, you're in a deep sleep and it will be harder to wake you up. If you do wake up suddenly in this stage, you will feel disoriented for a short period of time. And a lot of times in that, in that phase, ladies, your eyes feel really, really heavy and, you, and you're trying to open them, but you can't. That's another one of the example of that stage. The last stage of sleep is known as REM. And this is when your breathing gets faster, irregular, and shallow. Your eyes move rapidly in different directions and your limbs are actually paralyzed for a short time. In the REM stage, your heart rate and blood pressure rises. This is also the stage where you experience dreams. These five stages are repeated in a cycle, with each cycle taking about 90 to 110 minutes to complete. During the night, the REM stage gets increasingly longer and deeper. Research has shown that most people spend 50% of their time in stage two, another 20% being in the REM stage and the final 30% accounting for other sleep stages. Our brains are balanced by neurotransmitter signals, and these signals allow us to sleep or stay awake. When anything in our lives change this balance and this balance is lost, we start to feel tired and less alert. The end result is that our sleep patterns change and we can begin to suffer from mild insomnia. Okay, so now that we've discussed the sleep, the different sleep stages, we're going to move into some common causes. You know, ladies, there's no real one common cause of insomnia. Different conditions can affect different people who suffer from insomnia. People who suffer from heart conditions, sleep apnea, asthma, regularly have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep. Other environmental factors can also be a cause. Having a worn out pillow or mattress can disrupt anyone's sleeping pattern. Suffering from allergies is another cause. And if you're an allergy sufferer, you should try sleeping with an allergy-free or a soy-free pillow. Drinking too much caffeine and alcohol can have a huge effect on your sleeping patterns. If you do drink, try to avoid having too many drinks too close to bedtime. Even eating too big of a meal too late in the evening can cause you to end up staying up late. The same goes with snacking late in the evening. Try to eat, try to eat anything after 8. Try, I'm sorry, try, not to, try to not eat anything after 8 if possible. Because you want to be, have all your food digested. Like I tell my clients, you don't want to be digesting when you need to be resting. Okay? And if you are eating close to going to bed, then a lot of times your body is actively in that met metabolic phase where it's trying to get all the calories from the food and that will keep you up at nighttime. So make sure that you eat at least, I say a good half an hour to 45 minutes, even an hour before you go to bed. Other common causes of insomnia are stress, anxiety, and depression. If you're dealing with mild insomnia, then take a good look at your lifestyle, ladies. Remember, we talked about this in the last episode. I want you to start becoming curious about your health. So if you've been sleeping and then all of a sudden you stop being able to go to sleep, then ask yourself, what's going on? You know, what has been going on in your life lately? Are you stressed out? Um, you know, are other things going on? Look at that because that may help you find a cure to your insomnia before you run to the doctor and run to medications, whether they're natural or their prescriptions. 
Insomnia can be caused from stress, anxiety, and depression, just like we mentioned. If you're dealing with mild insomnia, again, look at those factors first to see if those are the reasons why. And if they are, let's address those. Many causes of sleeplessness last a couple of nights. This is fairly normal, okay? But if it goes on and on and on, then we need to start understanding what is going on. If you're finding your insomnia lasting longer than a month, you may need to seek some medical advice or try some things over the counter first. And we're going to be talking about those before you go to your medical provider and asking about that. A lot of times as we go through the menopause lady and we're in that perimenopausal phase, we tend to have a harder time sleeping at nighttime because we wake up due to hot flashes. We wake up due to hormonal imbalances, different things like that. So we're going to address um, menopause in future episodes in great length. Um, Also, you want to make sure that um, before you go to bed, if you're going to have a snack, have a snack that consists of both a protein and possibly a, um, a carb, but get a good, um, a complex carb. So maybe have an apple and a slice of cheese or have some um, peanut butter on toast. That tends to give your body just enough fuel that it needs if you haven't eaten for a long, for a prolonged period before you're going to bed to help get you through the night because you don't want cortisol spikes. That's what happens when you, um, when you start thinking about things or your body's hungry or you're digesting, you have these cortisol spikes in your system and your body goes into that fright or flight type of thing. And you wake up and you start thinking about things and you can't get back to sleep. So those are things that I want you to, to look at. Now, um, some natural cures for insomnia. Okay. That I want you to try before you run to the doctors, but you also have to understand that um, even over-the-counter, um, you know, natural treatments or alternative treatments, you want to make sure that they're not going to be conflicting with any type of medication that you have. So always check with your medical provider about natural things over your over-the-counter, or talk to your pharmacist, or you can also talk to your health food um, expert at your health food stores because at mine around here, they are very helpful and they know a lot. But again, it's up to you to understand what medications you're taking and ask the questions so that you don't end up hurting yourself inadvertently by taking something that you shouldn't. Okay. My number one go-to, um, for, for me and when I go to sleep is a product called, um, it's sleep, it's sleepy PM and it's by Irwin Naturals. And it has this first product that we're going to be talking about. It has valerian root. And valerian root is an, is an herb, and it's been used for centuries, and it works in a similar way to chemical sleeping pills. Okay, as you can tell, valerian root is what Valium is made from, but it doesn't have all the nasty side effects, and it's not addictive. Valerian root helps to increase your levels of GABA, which is a calming neurotransmitter in your brain. The valerian helps to make you feel more relaxed and sleepy. Valerian can be taken in many forms, including capsules, extracts, or even as an herbal tea. If you take valerian consistently for two weeks, you will feel the full benefits. Again, here's the thing, ladies, when we're, when we're talking about taking alternative things or over-the-counter type of things, natural remedies, they tend to take longer than prescription medication, okay? Um, because alternatives are trying to look at and trying to help the cause of the problem, sometimes not necessarily just put a Band-Aid on it and say, okay. So if you, a lot of times, if you have anxiety at nighttime too, valerian root can work very well. But the product, like I was talking about earlier, earlier, Irwin by Irwin Naturals is it's a combination of valerian root, melatonin, L-theanine, 
passion flower, and I think is there one other thing in there, um, or may just be four of those. It's a pretty large capsule. It's it comes it's liquid inside the capsule, but I'm telling you, it helps me sleep all the time. And the other thing too is that if you're going to take a sleep aid, whether you take an over-the-counter one or whether you take a prescription one, you really should try not to take it every single night because you don't want your body getting dependent on any one of these things in order to sleep. Otherwise, it will lose its ability to know how to sleep. So for me, you know, out of, a, out of, out of five days, which is a work week for me, if I can get two to three good nights of sleep, I'm happy with that. And if I need to take something, I'll take something. The other nights, if I get only, you know, four hours of sleep, I'm okay with that. And here's the other thing too, ladies, is that we all, each and every one of us is different and we all need different amounts of sleep. You know, as we get older, some seniors sleep less than, than they used to when they were younger. Some young people sleep more. It just depends. So, you know, for me, I can get away with feeling okay and functioning on four hours of sleep. I really like having six. I can definitely function on six. I don't need eight. Um, I very rarely get eight, but like I said, if I have to function on four, three nights out of the week or two nights out of the week, I am perfectly okay with doing that. Okay. The other thing that you can try is doing some natural light. Your body reacts differently depending upon the amount of light it is exposed to. So if you tend to stay indoors in low lighting conditions, your body can actually become confused. It may not recognize when it's time to go to sleep. Like I know here in California, we've been having this heat wave and I'll give you an example of my mom. She lives in a, in a senior apartment and she's, and she closes everything up. I mean, she has these blockout drapes. She leaves the lights off. It's, I mean, I walk into her apartment in, in broad daylight and it's like pitch black except for the TV in there. And she does it to keep it cool in there and to save on her energy bills. But it confuses the mind because you don't know, is it nighttime or is it daytime? And then you get all off on your sleep cycles and then it, there you go. You can't sleep. So the result is that you can become confused. So you need to get outside during the day. Like at my office, there's no windows. I mean, we do have light on, but there's no windows. I'm inside all day long. So when I get home, I try to go outside and get some natural sunlight and spend some time outdoors before the sun goes down. The next thing you can try is aromatherapy. Certain scents like lavender and chamomile work extremely well in calming your body and your mind. A good way to use these scents is by taking a warm bath or by using small sachets that fit inside your pillow. Chamomile can be purchased as an herbal tea and should be drunk just before going to bed. You can also take, um, put some lavender in your bathtub with some Epsom salts that helps, you know, ease the body from any aches and pains during the day. Lavender smells great. So it's an aromatherapy. It also helps your joints and your bones. So in all instances, it's awesome. The next thing I want to talk to you about is having some relaxation techniques. Stress has a lot to do with suffering from mild insomnia. By taking the time to learn and perform relaxation techniques, your ability to have a better quality sleep improves. Easy relaxation techniques include deep breathing, yoga, and muscle relaxation. These methods can, can be combined successfully with the aromatherapy above or even with taking, you know, the valerian root. You can do some yoga exercises, you know, very simple ones, some stretches before you go to bed. You can give yourself like a little, you know, shoulder, shoulder massage, or you can buy one of those little machines where you put your feet in them and it gives you a little massage, or you can buy one of those therapeutic back um, massage kits that they have. You just plug it in, you put it on your chair, you sit in it, and it gives you a little light back massage. Those are always great ways to kind of reduce some of that, that tension from the day. Also, working out, like we talked about in the last episode, exercise 
always increases your endorphins and lowers your stress level and can help you have a great night's sleep. Next is, of course, you know I always have to touch upon this, your nutrition. What you eat has a huge impact on your sleeping patterns. Too much caffeine and sugary foods can disrupt sleep for many people. Be sure to include foods like fresh vegetables, including dark green veggies, chicken or turkey, along with nuts. Tuna has L-tryptophan in it, and L-tryptophan is what causes you to feel sleepy. So a lot of times on Thanksgiving, after you eat a huge turkey meal or you've had a, a tuna sandwich after, for lunch, you'll know you'll notice that sometimes you feel sleepy afterwards. It's because it has L-tryptophan, and L-tryptophan makes you go to sleep. It's also another natural sleep aid. It's called 5-HTP, which is 5-hydroxytryptophan, and it's derived from tryptophan, which is also a, a amino acid, and it's a precursor to your neurotransmitters in your brain known as serotonin. So if you want to fall asleep, have a tuna sandwich before bed, or at least some tuna and some crackers or something like that, or be more cognitive about eating those type of meals during the day. Last but not least is music. Many studies have been done that show that soft music can help your body relax. You can easily play some soft music while getting ready for bed. Try listening to music while sipping your chamomile tea or relaxing in your lavender bath. You're killing two birds with one stone. And I just talked about exercise, so I'm not going to go back into talking about that because exercise, like I said, increases those endorphins, lowers stress, helps with muscle tension, and all the way around is an excellent type of cure for naturally for insomnia. Now, if you need prescription medications, I'm not going to go into all of them because there's several of them over the counter and they fall into different patterns. You have um, the old one, which was, um, is now called Zopidem. It was Ambien. You have Lunesta. You have, um, now you have Belsomra. A lot of people use um, Xanax or Temazepam or Restoril. I highly suggest, ladies, again, that if you're going to use a sleep aid, Stick to something non-addictive like either Ambien or Lunesta or Belsamra. Belsamra is used more for if you fall asleep, but then you wake up and you can't get back to sleep. But I would really highly, highly encourage you to not go near Xanaxes, Temazepam, Restoril, any of those type of medications to help you sleep. They're addictive and they're very hard to come off of. And there's other things that you can do in place of those. There's also old um, trazodone, which is an old anti, um, which is an old antidepressant that you can also use for sleep. But if you can try natural things first, and if those aren't working, then by all means go talk to your medical provider and see what help they can give you. So lastly, here tonight, ladies, we're going to talk about six easy steps to help you get into a better sleep. To help you combat this and get a good night's sleep, I've put together a list of six easy tips that I want you to put into practice. And I'll put these in the show notes so that you can keep them. And you can go there and you can use them as reference. Number one is the temperature of your bedroom is really important. You don't want it to be either too warm or too cold. The best temperature for you to sleep in is around 68 to 70 degrees Fahrenheit. So around six, I even like it at 65. So you want it to be cold in your room or a little on the colder side. You want to limit your intake of caffeine. Studies have shown time and time again that too much caffeine in the evening inhibits your ability to sleep soundly. Doctors recommend not drinking caffeine loaded 
I mean, sorry, <laughs> doctors recommend not drinking caffeine loaded drinks after 6 p.m. So I wouldn't even drink like tea, you know, that black tea or green tea because those are, those have caffeine in them as well. Remember we mentioned earlier about drinking um, herbal teas or chamomile teas. Any of those are really great. Alcohol will also keep you up at night. Even though you may fall asleep after a few drinks, your body will not enter into the deep sleep phase called REM. This is crucial as the deep sleep stage is where your body heals and rejuvenates itself. If you think you'll be, if you think that you will find that you either sleep or very lightly, then I would highly recommend you stay away from using alcohol before you go to sleep. Don't get into the habit of using your bed as an office or a TV room. Allow your body to associate your bedroom and your bed with going to sleep. I'm a big culprit of this, and I know many of us are. Hey, I'm going to go against this. I'm putting these tips here because I did a lot of research on this, but I fall asleep with the TV on. So, you know, you got to go with what works for you. Allow your body to associate your bedroom, like I just said, with going to sleep. By keeping distractions out of the bedroom, you'll find that the quality of your sleep improves. Number five, attempt to go to bed at the same time every day, unless this is totally unavoidable. Developing a good sleeping schedule allows your body to be accustomed to this routine and you will find yourself falling asleep and having a better night's sleep. Okay, now the last tip that I want to give you, tip number six, is don't have your alarm clock in a prominent place. Watching the clock all night is a bad habit to develop and only provokes, only proves to further frustrate you. And I find this, I don't know if you find this out, ladies, but I find that if I wake up and I look at the clock, then the next night, I tend to wake up at that same time. So if I do wake up, I really do try not to look at the clock. Just go to bed, try to fall back asleep, don't look at the clock, and don't worry about how much time you have left to get up. Just go back to sleep, and when your alarm clock goes off, you can get up. So these are the easiest steps you can take on a daily basis to enhance the quality of your sleep. If your mild insomnia persists, then you can resort to either using natural insomnia cures that we've talked about, or like we said, you can go talk to your medical provider to see if you need a prescription. So I hope these helped, and I hope they gave you a better understanding because ladies, it's really important that you sleep. We need to restore, and we need to um, do that at nighttime. Very, very important. And if you're not getting sleep, it can make you fatigued, tired. It can lower your mental ability. Um, it can have multiple effects down the road. So I encourage you that if you are having problems with sleeping, that you address them, start looking at them, start looking at why you possibly might be having some sleep issues, look into doing some natural things and get back on the road to having a healthier sleep pattern. So again, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I always feel very, very blessed when I get to come on here and talk with you ladies and um, give you some new information. Next week, we are going to be talking all about stress on our next episode. So I hope you got some valuable information. Um, again, please connect with us either at our site at www.wellwomannetwork.com. Join us on our Facebook group at Well Woman Network Thrive and Survive. Or join us on our business page on Facebook or join us on Instagram at Well Woman Network. We put out a lot of great free content in all different areas, and we would love for you to join in and help us be part of the movement to make self-care move to the forefront and get it off the back burner and get you onto a healthier and happier lifestyle. So again, ladies, may God richly bless your day. And until we meet again, have a blessed one.